0: Watch Marry Me. You, I'll
1: marry you.
0: Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma. Featuring a new song, On My Way, by Jennifer Lopez. Marry Me, directed by Kat Koira. rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under
1: 13.
0: Streaming now, only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Met. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to peacocktv.com and get started. It's still real to be damn, it, damn it. <laughs>
1: Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Talk Show, episode number six hundred six for September twenty third, two thousand twenty one. This is your WWE Extreme Rules preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one half the show. I am Jeff Peck. Joined every single week, on host the one and only Doctor A. Franklin, Doctor Trey. We were saying it before the show. 2021 is going by really fast my friend
0: i know like like i remember distinctly us saying like how 2020 was maybe the slowest and fastest year because of all the stuff that was going on it kind of felt like a drug on and then but it kind of went by fast and we're like oh can't wait for 2021 and it's like wow we're about to hit the 10th month of 2021 It's, it's almost over it's crazy how fast 2021 has gone by
1: yeah, I was thinking recently, you were saying like we're coming up on the 10th month of the year. We are, what, another five, six months away from the whole pandemic being two years old. I mean, how yeah. weird is that, man?
0: It is crazy because, I mean, it's it, it the, the weird thing is because we've become so, I guess, normalized to the pandemic, you get to it and you're like, it's only been two years? I mean, it seems like, forever ago that we had i guess the the pre i guess the normal life where we didn't have to worry about masks and vaccinations and all the craziness that's gone on it does it's weird like on one hand it seems like it's kind of gone by quickly but on the other hand it's like it is almost hard to remember a time you know pre-pandemic where you could just lick whatever the heck you wanted to Jeff and not have to worry about dying from it yeah it's um
1: it's insane Right, I mean, it's it's it feels like we've we've come so far, right? It's, um, but in the same sense, it's it it feels normal still. It's just a weird, weird time, Doctor Trey. I just I don't know how else to put it. But when I was thinking about that the other day, because you know the things now on the news is like, when does when does it get back to normal again? And it's like we're approaching it being somewhat normal again. And and I think you make the case that, you know, obviously it feels a lot normal than it did a year ago around this time. But now you're legitimately hearing people theoretically saying that this is, it's finally reaching that point where it it may, may be over finally, or at least hopefully. Um, Yeah. It just, it's just strange to think of that way. Right. We always joke around like, everything happened so fast, but even like from a wrestling standpoint, seven years ago, it's been seven years since CM Punk wrestled again. Did it feel like seven years to you during this entire time?
0: Um, I think it kind of depends on the Avenue I look at because, you know, since I'm such a big CM Punk fan and, and you as well, you know, like on one hand, it's like, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but then when you start hearing him talk and you hear him cut a promo, you're like, God, it does seem like forever since I've heard this. You know, like his his promos are very distinct. His wrestling style is very distinct. It's like, yeah, like on one hand, it feels like it flew by, but it's like, man, you know, it, it does seem like forever ago that we had, you know, John Cena, CM Punk, Money in the Bank, and he walks out of Chicago with the belt. Like that seemed like a lifetime ago, but in real I mean, but we also remember like it was yesterday. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking, like, when I first started doing this show, Daniel Bryan was making his debut in WWE. Like, he, he was starting out on NXT, and we were pissed off about how he was being treated on there. And now this past Wednesday, he had one of the biggest dream matches in, in wrestling television history against Kenny Omega. I mean, that's yeah. been 11 years, 12 years, or whatever it is.
0: I know, I still remember uh, the, the jumping on to do the WrestleMania show with you in, like, the first year, so air got to dip out, and I'm like... Standing outside of a Hooters, like watching WrestleMania, and I'm like, it doesn't seem like that long ago. But man, I've been—I was married, divorced, moved, had a kid. Like all this craziness has gone on just in the personal world, let alone the wrestling world. So, I guess, I guess the old guys is true: when when you're when time flies, when you're having fun. And uh, I, the podcast has always been fun; it's always been our escape. So, it's great to to be kind of running through this stuff.
1: So to segue into when time flies by and, and you're like wow that's how long ago it was long ago it was, um, I remember hearing when I was uh, younger I was in high school when the story broke. I remember reading about it back in May two thousand two, the famous plane ride from hell story. It's almost twenty years old, Doctor Trey. Like, do you remember reading about the plane ride from hell when it first happened?
0: I I remember reading about it in Pro Wrestling Illustrated on a newsstand in a grocery store. (laughs) That's why. That's why I kind of wrote about because, you know, back then, like uh, 2002, 25 years old, uh, had dial-up internet. That was AOL, you know. So it, it would take forever if you lived in the country to actually get you know news online. So the fastest route usually was you know, actually reading about it when Pro Wrestling Illustrated talks about it. So that was my first real exposure to it because we didn't really have the dirt sheets to the degree we have now. We didn't have wrestling podcasts covering it. Wrestling still had a little bit of kayfabe to it. So it was one of those stories that kind slowly leaked out. And I remember reading reading about it in PWI.
1: Yeah, I remember reading it. So it's funny you bring up like PW Insider. That was one of those early uh, website go-tos for me. I don't go to it as much as I used to because of the damn ads, but, um, uh, one wrestling.com. Was that ever a go-to for you?
0: No, I, er, my early ones, uh, was no com.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that was one of my, without, then a lot of it was, I mean, a lot of it was still just reading stuff off the magazine stands. Cause yeah. that was still a big deal back then. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, no DQ, cause I also no DQ had this really dumb thing, and it's actually where I got my idea from where they would actually do like they had their own like online wrestling league where they would record stuff off the of PlayStation and post it as all like fictional characters like the Mario Brothers versus like Terminator. And so I was like, Well, that's pretty clever. And I actually did the same thing a few years later. So actually that's where I that's no DQ and um mm-hmm. uh, what was that guy's name? Adam something rather that ran that website. Uh like, that's, that was my go-to for news for a long time.
1: Yeah, it's funny how you bring that stuff up. But anyway, so Vice, uh, 19 years ago, Vi- we all both remember the stories, read, read in the magazines, dial up, uh, raised our phone bills up a hell of a lot of money. Uh, plane Ride from Hell, big-time story. So Vice does the Dark Side of the Ring store, uh, series, which is one of my favorite wrestling shows um, ever. I-, I really enjoy the-, the series. They do a great job with it, and they cover the Plane Ride from Hell. And a lot of the stuff that we heard is pretty uh, regular in, in the stories. I think this time around it was different because we actually got to see and hear from uh, a stewardess that was on the flight, which was com- obviously completely different, and got a little bit more uh, color and context as to what was going on. And the way that it was edited, was specifically the the Ric Flair part that we're going to be focusing on here, he's he's dressed he, he's naked under his robe. He goes up to the 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 stewardess and is like you know gyrating and doing rick flair stuff and she claims that he tries to get her to touch him in uh his area and the way that they edit it with rvd he validates the story as well and and they run with it and i guess there was a lawsuit and and this this was also covered in in wwe story time which has been since pulled down from wwe network and it's something we've always heard about and known that rick flair does this stuff and I guess it was covered and it's 30 for 30, blah, blah, blah. And in this day and age, 19 years later, this story just blew up, right? You know, did Ric Flair sexually assault the stewardess? You got Tommy Dreamer coming out there and saying, basically, it's Ric Flair being Ric Flair. It's not sexual assault and kind of making light of it. And he's getting a ton of heat. Ric Flair's getting a ton of heat. And it really damages their uh, personas, right? And we're we're... A year you know, we're talking about the pandemic, uh early part of the pandemic, you had the um the story of uh, the Me Too stuff where it basically destroyed the UK British you know wrestling scene. Marty scroll I, I just saw this today that he's like making his first return to professional wrestling in nearly two years. Um he was basically shut out. Joey Ryan hasn't recovered from it, and rightfully so. If these guys are sexual predators, they, they should not be performing in the professional wrestling ring. But we've always heard about Ric Flair, and I, I've never considered him like a sexual predator. It's just like Ric Flair is is uh, a ladies' man, right? I think that's like the PC way of saying it. But you hear the story, you hear what Tommy Dreamer's saying, and it's like sirens are going off. And I'm thinking to myself, Ric Flair's got to get canceled, Dr. Trey. Now, I know you didn't get a chance to watch the episode yet, but knowing what we know from The Plane Ride From Hell and what we've heard post- did this, was this like a, a changing moment in the way that you viewed Ric Flair? Did you feel like Ric Flair was going to be canceled? What was the, your feeling on the direction of how this all was going to go? Because that night, the next morning, this was a pretty big story all over the place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, to me, it was similar. I don't know if it was uh, on the same level as the Hulk Hogan, Bubba the Love Sponge video, all that stuff. But yeah, good point. Know, yeah, I, I you know, I was worried about it because of of, of the culture now. And it's, I I have a hard time criticizing somebody now for something they did 20 years ago when not that it was socially acceptable, but it was a little more, I don't know, under the radar. I I don't want to say under the radar. It still makes it sound like it was, it was, I guess it was more socially acceptable in 2002 than it is in today's culture. Um, I'm not condoning his actions because anytime, like my, my dad would raise me, be respectful of all women, regardless of who the hell you are. So I'm not condoning his actions and I'm not justifying his actions. It's just the world we lived in um, in 2002 is completely different than it is in you know, almost 2022. Um, I also have read, you know, Rob Van Dam has come out and said that the, the, the story that where he validates what happened was edited differently than what he was saying. You know, that he was saying he didn't actually see it happen, but it wouldn't surprise him if it had happened, that type of attitude about it. But, you know, we live in this world where, like, stuff comes up now that somebody did 20, 30 years ago, and we get cancel culture on them, and they get run out of, you know, professional wrestling and everything else. And, you know, I was worried about it, and listen, as much as I like Dark Side of the Ring, they tend to have an anti-WWE stance, uh on a lot of things they they do kind of paint WWE in bad lights at times and it 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 makes sense because they do kind of work with aew in a sense i mean jericho does a lot of the voiceover stuff you know they're they're tied into a little bit with with those guys um you know i i wasn't even that mad at tommy dreamer for what he said in the sense of that's what it was back then you know that's not you know he just did he his tone, I think, is what got him more in trouble than anything else. So, you know, I wasn't surprised. About it. I don't know, Jeff. Do you watch? Have you watched Heels yet? Because I think they basically did a, the the exact same episode with one of their characters of uh, like a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it, it's like I said, it's not a socially acceptable thing. But in those times, it was a little bit more looked over than frowned upon. I guess.
1: Yeah, um, no, I've I've never watched heels to answer your first question. Um, okay. And then the, I should, you said,
0: yeah, it's pretty good. I, I I mean, as a guy that works on the indie scene, it's actually pretty pretty close to what we actually deal with.
1: Sidebar: Does the CM Punk character remind you of Tracy Smothers?
0: Um, no, not in the sense of actually Tracy. Um, but some of the way, like the character itself was is a it different. It's kind of more a backwoods west virginia kind of guy where you know trace is more southern but it was I, I definitely some of the vocabulary he used is definitely trace uh,
1: back to this story at hand um i agree with you that like now now it's not socially acceptable i mean we we've matured we're adults we've everything's changed and uh the way people uh, feel about these types of things has changed and, and what seemed innocent is necessarily not you know you hear about a lot of uh rick flair spe- specifically like just being a player being a ladies yeah. man hitting on women and nowadays the hitting on women is not socially acceptable anymore especially if you're forcing them to touch you that is not acceptable at all like flirting i'm with you on it but if he's like and and he's like, they haven't clarified it, like, that she hasn't tried to touch him in his area. You know, they're kind of saying, like, his chest. But even that, like, that's cringeworthy, right? I mean, why why do that to somebody? Especially if she's uncomfortable and married. Like, what the hell is he doing? Like, I don't know. I, I've, I've always considered Ric Flair one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, I mean, Tommy Dreamer's comments. He's paying the price for defending that type of behavior, and it's, it's it's the way it is. He has to pay the penance on it. But um, yeah, the Ric Flair stuff—I consider him one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Does this change the way I look at him? <sighs> Probably not. I think maybe I am a little bit more open to him being maybe going a little bit too far on the flirtatious front. It does remind me a lot of the Hulk Hogan uh, N-word videos that we never saw. Um, again, this is like hearsay. The Hogan stuff and Flair stuff is is all hearsay. And, and he said, she said, even though I think Hogan came out and, and didn't admit to it. He got ahead of it. And we thought the, the video would be released. And it never was. Um,
0: well, the Hogan I, stuff, we actually had audio on.
1: They didn't release the did, audio. Did they? Yet. Yeah. Okay. I stand corrected. Yeah. I think you're right now that I remember cool. this.
0: They were supposed to release a video as well because the question originally was, "Well, was that actually Hogan's voice?" Because there's a lot of people who can do a Hogan voice. And then when the video came out or the audio came out, he he admitted to it and he was talking about how dark place and all that stuff. My other question, so I, I would kind of classify Rick as you know a flirt, but also maybe a borderline, you know, dirty old man pervert type thing. You know, like that's. And, and, and you and I growing up, there were always those kind of guys that were a little, I mean, this, the 50s, 60s, 70s kind of attitude carrying over into their older years. And that's why I think with me, like, it doesn't change my perception of Rick because I just always kind of thought Rick was like just a dirty old man, you know, for, for lack of a better term. But I'd never thought of him being, you know, like he wouldn't force himself upon woman. Him. I think, you know, his mind, if I flirt with her. And, you know, she's, I'm Ric Flair. Like, she's going to want me. You know, that type of attitude. That's why I'm like, the, the whole him forcing, you know, him kind of making someone try to force him to touch him, I think is outside of, I don't say it's outside of his character, but it just doesn't seem like the Ric Flair we've heard about for 50 years. You know, like they're, you know, you, if you talk to, you know, your great, your grandfather, your great grandfather, they grew up in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, that, and if they were successful, they kinda had that cocky, arrogant attitude. And I think that's just Rick Flair being it's like, like, you know, you're a Yankees fan, you hate the Red Sox. Manny Ramirez used to always do dumb stuff. And people go, It's just Manny being Manny. Mm. And I think that's the that the attitude Tommy Dreamer was taking with it was, you know, Flair does a lot of stuff that a lot of us would be like, There's no way in hell I'd ever do that, but that's just Rick being Rick. I think that, you know, with Tommy, his issue was the tone. He was almost laughing it off. And I think that's why more people got upset about it than anything else. I don't know if it's actually directly the comments. I think it was the tone.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Yeah, I think it's like, you know, Manny being Manny and it's Rick being Rick. And people didn't like that response. And uh, unfortunately, it's Damaged his professions as he's been removed from Impact Wrestling for the time being, suspended and also suspended from his uh, radio show, Busted Open. So, and I would imagine that there's issues here with Ric Flair as well because I figured he was due to debut in AEW. I think there's a picture of him and Sting backstage somewhere, and it's it's def- definitely an AEW show. He's been featured in the um, being the elite the last several weeks. That I believe is now stopped um it it seems like it it's at least for the time being has has hurt business ventures for rick flair the uh the the what was that like not carfax he does some sort of commercials all the time
0: oh yeah uh, with la night yeah the car it's a, it's a car auto warranty carmax no carmax is a, it's a, a camera it's it's car shield
1: car shield yes 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 yeah. so uh that's been pulled and uh Ric Flair's come out and defended himself on this entire thing and uh we'll see where it goes. But as a fan, does it feel do I feel like it has blemished Ric Flair's career right now? No. But does it have the potential to? Like Hogan? Absolutely. So I think it's in this like weird teeter totter place right now, Dr. Trey.
0: Yeah, and it just it, I don't know. Like to me the cancel culture stuff at times comes off, and, and once again, I'm 44 years old. I'm not 24, and I'm not. I didn't grow up in the current generation that is kind of dominating social media right now. Like I said, I'm not excusing what Ric Flair did, but you know, it, it's it's like you know when when people talk about the civil rights movement and things like that, they're like when you're in the era and you're in that decade, and there's people around you who have a certain mindset. That's kind of the tone you take and then years later hindsight being 2020 you can look back and go yeah that's pretty messed up we should have done that and, and we're sorry for that attitude and i think that's where we're at now with the stuff that you know this is not uncommon this is like you, you go back to the, the the harvey uh weinstein stuff with the casting couches in you know the 70s and 80s in hollywood and then all the way through now like it was a different culture back then and we're trying to mature and be a better culture now but it's hard to go back and say, hey, what you did 40 years ago is, was screwed up and we should never do anything with you anymore because that wasn't the culture at the time like it is now.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of other things in that episode that uh, are are obviously bad, uh, potentially drugging Scott Hall, which led to his release and and you know his issues with uh, relapse and Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning fighting on the plane led to Kurt Henning getting released by wwe it was like brock and rick flair were protected and it just uh was not a great look from wwe uh at all uh so uh, there's a lot of things to learn from it And i'm with dr trey you know as a society we learn to grow and i think if anybody saw something like this nowadays it would not be acceptable and they would lose their job and somebody would say something uh times were different back then and Hopefully it never happens again, and, and for those affected by it, um, they're able to to get past this because it is a serious situation because you can't really dictate how someone feels. And if the stewardess felt like, uh, like she did, then you kind of have to you know side with her a little bit and, and realize that she's a victim in this entire thing and that Ric Flair shouldn't have done that. So weird, weird spot to be in uh, watching that episode. And I remember them saying in the preview for this upcoming half season – that there was going to be this episode that was going to make us look differently at some of our heroes. And it certainly did with Ric Flair and Tommy dreamer this past Thursday night with the first episode of uh, this new second half of the third season Uh, coming up next year, Dr. Trey NXT 2.0 becoming a little bit of an edgier product. Uh, We're going to look at some of the week two thoughts on episode two of NXT 2.0, but first the edgier stuff. This comes to us from wrestling Inc word going around WWE is that McMahon has plans for NXT 2.0 to be more of an edgier product. According to Fightful Select, this would be part of the ongoing revamp for the brand. It was reported that the NXT 2.0 brand may target more of a P18 to 34 demographic, which which would go for everything from in-ring work and aggression, harsher language, and the like. It was also noted that there may be more uh, lenience when it comes to the attire worn by female superstars, although it wasn't specified exactly what that means. Another point brought up was that the brand may, quote, keep up with current affairs with promos and character verbiage, end quote we did see that this past Tuesday night, and uh, it appears they may be going in a different direction with that character. So come of the, some of the uh, recap here, Roderick Strong defeating Kushida to become the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Cameron Grimes defeated Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy debuts a safe space woke character uh, that got a ton of press, which seems to go with the, uh, quote, keep up with current affairs with the promos and character verbiage. I loved the character. I thought it was fine. I didn't. I, I was like, "Ooh, I think WWE is walking a tightrope here with nowadays, especially with the woke woke culture." But I liked it. it I think it's fun, and it, it's it's entertainment. I don't think there's anything wrong with with doing what they did. But they got a lot of press on it, and it seems like WWE may be walking back because they have basically deleted all references to that character. Um, Toxic Attraction had another night out there with Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and I can't remember the other girl's name, which is which is bad. Um, something jane yeah something jane great wrestlers but there you go like with the attire a little bit more uh sexuality coming off on the brand that's more for the 18 to 34 demographic odyssey jones winning a two-on-one squash match dr trey i think odyssey jones is going to be a big deal in the next three to five years in my opinion that guy has a massive wingspan huge personality extremely likable i think they got something there and speaking of having something there, Braun Breaker continues to shine. I think he's a legit wrestler, fun to watch, reminds me of his uncle and his father as a Steiner, him and Tommaso Ciampa defeating uh, Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne in the main event. Fun episode of 2.0. I did not like the change, did not think I needed a revamp, but thus far, they've made me put my foot in my mouth, Dr. Trey, with this um, this revamp so far. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I like the episode. I, I, I still have a hard time with some of the names because <clears throat> I'm, I'm not always a big fan of, you know, some of these names are god-awful, Jeff. I mean, I don't I, I still think Braun Breaker's a horrible name. I, I Agreed. Not, you know, I'm still not completely sold on Vaughn Wagner because, once again, I don't like... You got two guys on the show, and you got one named Braun and one named Vaughn, like, that's a little too close. Like, I mean, it's just... Some of the names are a little a little off. Um, I see them trying though. Like we talk about, like everything you're talking about, like making them a little more geared towards that, you know, eighteen to thirty four demographic. I can see that happening. You know, listen, I'm not gonna lie. There are there are women in wrestling that are great wrestlers, and there are women in wrestling that are beautiful to look at, but not that great in the ring. So you do have to kind of find a place for them, and I think. You know, what they're doing with Mandy, and Gigi, and Jessica? Jane. I think that's her name. Something like that. But, you know, I I like that. I mean, Gigi Dolan was known for doing, like, crazy crap on the independent scene. I I saw it all the time when she was wrestling throughout Alabama and in Georgia. So it fits them, you know. But at the same time, like, it's it's just rocket ships strapped to people that weren't built yet. You know, I, I do have an issue with the times. Like, like why is Von Why? why like, they suddenly he told me yet why Von Wagner was in that match for the NXT Championship last week. Like, what did he do to get there? You know? He was the
1: best security guard for NXT the last eight months.
0: Apparently so. You know, it's like some of the stuff has is a little bit out of place. And, and it is, it's kind of reminiscent. Like, we have, like, you, you see what they're doing in AEW with all the stables, all the aligning of characters like everybody is in a group everybody nobody's running solo everybody's got a friend which i love because that's real life and you're starting to see that in nxt like everybody's in a clique. everybody's kind of in a stable or a group which makes a lot of sense So i, I see them trying to keep up you know in a sense with aew but right now to me it kind of comes off as the great value version the walmart version of what aew is doing at times
1: You know, when we first started hearing about this, we heard it was going to be uh, reminiscent to the um, days of the 2015 to 2018 NXT. And I know this is a different opinion here, Dr. Trey, but I do get that vibe. It it does feel like those old days where you'd see this young, fresh superstar, Dante Chen, comes up on your television, never heard of him before. So you're intrigued to see, like, how this goes. And you find yourself impressed because they're working pretty good. And that's what I've seen so far with a lot of these these debuts is like, okay, there's, there's something here. Do I like, you know, there is some cringeworthy stuff. I I don't like the name of Braun breaker. Obviously I think he should be a Steiner. I don't know. I think everybody agrees with that. There. Nobody's like, no, no, they got it. Right. Braun breaker is the way to go. Nobody is saying that at all. Von Wagner, terrible name. Um, However, uh, there's some stuff there like Von Wagner, Braun breaker, especially Braun Breaker looks pretty interesting. Uh, Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, duo, they look so awkward together. Like that to me is a pairing that took place that afternoon before the first episode. And now they're trying to make it work like that. I know that the uh, Brooks Jensen is, is you're like friendly with, but that promo of him and Briggs, how they got to know each other was fighting each other in a bar. It, it's like APA light, but APA was believable. Like what are we doing here? I just like that to me seems lame, but the rest of the show, I would say if I was grading it on a 10 scale, I thought the last two weeks have been eight out of tens. Like, I like the direction, the early direction of where things are going right now. And I may be wrong here. Like, this is maybe what NXT needed. This is what made NXT so special was that it was characters you never heard about with some, you know, indie stars sprinkled in there that you did follow for, the, for however long. And um, it, it makes it more fun to watch as a wrestling fan. It's like your underground show.
0: Yeah, my, my only critique is if you if you go back and you remember the, 20, the 50, 2015, 2018 NXT stuff, it was everybody was built slowly. Like Sasha Banks did not come, you know, she wasn't the boss when she first. We saw her grow into the boss. We saw Bailey grow into Bailey. We saw these people, <clears throat> you know, we saw Tyler Breeze grow. We saw like Bo Dallas. Like these are all people we saw grow. Into their eventual roles within NXT before they went to the main roster. I think some of the people, it's it's you know too fast, too soon. But I get what they're doing them. I mean, they're trying to get these young guys some exposure, see what they got in there. Because you know, not even WWE's in a fight right now. Like I, I think we can say that. I mean, they make it, it is maybe a little bit of uh, you know Mike Tyson's punch out with Little Joe and Mike Tyson going at it. But hey, Little Joe's getting some big shots in there, and Tyson's a little worried. Um, so they're 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 I understand what they're doing, but like those glory days we talk about, you saw them built from their debut all the way up. And I think what they realized was when you had so many indie stars, you know, coming that were in NXT, it was hard to grow the homegrown talent because, you know, you couldn't see them really, like Kona Reeves, I thought had a ton of potential, but because we saw him get squashed so many times before he, you know, developed that new character, By the time the new character debuted, we were kind of like, no, this is the guy who's getting his ass kicked for the last six months. Like, why are we going to buy into this now? So I think by, you know, kind of taking some of the indie guys, top indie guys out of their promotion, it created more space for these homegrown guys to kind of grow up into roles. Um The thing about Briggs and Jensen that I think is really funny is I don't even think Brooks Jensen is old enough to drink.
1: Yeah, I don't think he is either.
0: I think, I think, I think, uh, Ben is 19 or 20. So he might be a little too young to be in a bar, which is why that's kind of weird and awkward. Um, but I think that's are really right. I think they were like, well, what are we going to do with Briggs? Uh, we got, we got, we got both kid. We can pair them together. They're both big strapping young men. All right, sure. Um, we need a cowboy gimmick because ADW's got Hangman Page and, People like that cowboy shit, so we should get a cowboy team. I mean,
1: can we smoking guns 2.0. 2. Let's do it.
0: Yep, that's exactly where I was going with it.
1: Yeah, Bart and Billy. Here we are. <laughs> They're back, baby. Um, I do like it. Uh, the Joe Gacy character. Can we talk about that real quick before we get into some yeah. other stuff here with like especially AEW? I loved that character, man. Like I thought that was awesome. And when I read tonight going into the show that that may, that whole character may be scrapped, one I'm not surprised. But two, I am disappointed. Like that was a very entertaining character.
0: So are we not allowed in society to make fun of that? Is that like off limits that we can't make fun of safe spaces? Like I, I still, I believe that just about everything in life should have the ability for people to poke at it.
1: Agreed.
0: Because, so because to me, that's how you show if something actually is strong. You know, you have to kind of prod and poke to see if something's worthwhile. I, you, to me, like when I first saw it, I was laughing to myself. I like looked at my wife. I'm like, this kind of reminds me of my that character I did back when I first debuted as the anger management counselor. Like wrestling was a safe space for my angry guys to let their anger out, so they wouldn't get in trouble in society. And she goes, Yeah, it is a little bit like that. It's just with a little bit more of the the PC culture spin on it. So um, if they cancel, I think it sucks because I I thought Joe Gacy for debuting a new type character handled it brilliantly. I thought it was really well done even to the point like after the match, like shaking hands with Cameron Grimes and kind of thanking him for it. Like, I'm like, wow, that's that. And the funny thing is that literally happens a lot in the indie scenes where you have these, you know, really, you know, open-minded woke kids. If you want to call them that or whatever. Like, they'll get backstage, and they're just like, man, that was great, thank you so much. I'm like, dude, didn't he, like, stiff you, like, three times in that match? Yeah, but it was still wonderful, and he, I learned a lot. I'm like, yeah, you learn not to actually get punched in the face for real. Don't do that. So, I, I love the character. I, it, it, it's a shame. I, they, the, I still think they'll tweak it, and this might end up being, you know, the anger management therapist that Kane and Daniel Bryan had. Like, a character based off that. So that way it's not so much, quote-unquote, woke, just another avenue to explore, they with that route.
1: Wrestling should be fun. And that yes. was a funny character, and it's okay to poke fun at real life. Yeah. That's it. Like that's what we're here for. So that was pretty not surprised surprised, not surprised with that uh the entire thing. Uh switching gears to AWAW AW announced that they partnered with the Owen Hart Foundation, honor Owen's legacy. This is coming to us from Wrestling Inc. AW's announced a new working relationship with the Owen Hart Foundation to honor the legacy of the late wrestler. The partnership will include the annual Owen Hart Cup tournament in AEW. The winner of the tournament will receive a cup known as the Owen. AEW also produce and distribute unique and original Owen merchandise, which includes Owen being featured in the upcoming AEW console video game. Merchandise to be released includes action figures, apparel posters, and collectible items. Dr. Trey is not under the WWE banner. He never wrestled for AEW. However, as a guy, me, who has always loved and admired and cherished the legacy of Owen Hart, This is better than nothing, obviously. Owen Hart, back into our lives, and uh, we'll get honored by AEW pretty regularly. I'm I'm excited about this and and very happy to see Owen Hart getting some love in the professional wrestling world because it felt like for the longest time his his family did not want that whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I was really happy to see it, and I I kept trying to break down how that all came together and— the common denominator I kind of came up with was, you know, Jericho and Don Callis. Uh, you know, being old school Canadian guys and having connections to you know, the Hart family who do a long time and work with them.
1: I know Mark Henry does as well.
0: Yeah, and Mark Henry, so like and Big Show as well, I'm sure, you know, had maybe had a hand in that as well because, you know, his history with the Hart's. Um, but yeah, like to me, it to me it's long overdue. I'm, I'm really happy to see it, you know, come to fruition that you know, the legacy of Owen Hart gets honored um, but by, by the family. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, WWE would have done this for him, but because of, of how Owen passed, you know, the family wasn't in on it. But to have somebody actually, you know, approach them, work out a deal where we can honor Owen uh, with the family's consent is beautiful. And, and honestly, Jeff, when I heard the news, the first thing I thought of was, how happy is Jeff Peck going to be that there's going to be a tournament mm. at some point? Because Jeff Peck loves wrestling tournaments.
1: I do, and uh, the 1994 King of the Ring was one of my favorite wrestling tournaments, won by the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. So, by
0: the way, wh- by the way, where do you rank Owens Woo uh, with all the other people who woo in wrestling?
1: Oh man, Owen kind of always—I always felt like Owen did it as a joke to pop. Pop the but boys,
0: good. but it was good. Though.
1: It was good. Um, it's, it's just below flares. Woo. But it's up there. Like, I think the arms up in the air. Woo. And, and from time to time, Owen would always have like a little bit of white saliva in the corner of his mouth when he did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled. And he always, you always did, he always did the woo after he did um, the reversal the uh the wrist lock reversal which wasn't my one of my favorite things from owen like that the Insiguri, um like those were staples of owen hard stuff
0: uh do you put his woo above sting's woo yes okay
1: yes (laughs) it's just below flares like sting's woo to me was a copycat of flair and i was never a big wcw guy to begin with so owen obviously is a very special place in my heart but uh I do have put it right behind Rick Flair's woo,
0: and Kurt Angle didn't have a bad woo either.
1: He did not. Oh, okay. He did not have a bad yeah. woo. That was very Owen Hart esque. Which, yeah. by the way, since we're talking about Owen, I've never seen the match. I don't know if it's released. I'll have to check this out on YouTube. But my understanding, and I'm going to do this as we're we're doing the show, is that one of Kurt Angle's first dark matches in WWE like going on the road with Raw was against Owen Hart and I heard that like Owen was the one who gave the all clear that Kurt Angle is is, is special like a special talent
0: yeah I, I had heard that as well. so I don't know if that I have never seen that match I had heard Owen requested it as yes. well like Owen really wanted to take him out there in the ring see what he can do and then you know Vince kind of was like well let me know if he can go and then when Owen came back, yeah, he's he's good. He he'll be really good. Like gave him the the thumbs up approval. So he may have given Vince the woo to let him know that Kurt was ready to go.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking at the I I don't see a video up on YouTube, but there is a picture, and you can put this obviously in Google Images of Kurt Angle uh, body slamming Owen Hart from a dark match on Raw. And there's also, and I've seen this photo before. There's like a classic photo of. Um Matt Bloom, Prince Albert, Kurt Angle, and Owen Hart all black and white standing in front uh sitting in front of like a bus or something. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that was been a dream match. And it's out there. I don't know why it's never been released, unfortunately. Uh moving forward with AEW stuff, Dynamite Grand Slam took place took place last night. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson competed to a 30-minute draw. Malachi Black defeated the returning Cody Rhodes. Cody gets booed. Arn gets in the way kind of botches his spot, and also Brandy flips off and curses out Malachi Black. Sting and Darby Allin defeat FDR. Uh, FDR, It's amazing what Sting can still do at his age. Uh, Overall, I thought the show was fine, fun atmosphere, but probably not a popular opinion here, Dr. Trey, but I keep it pretty honest with with how I feel about professional wrestling. I think it may have missed the mark on my anticipation overall. Um, Your thoughts here, initial thoughts on Grand Slam, and then we'll kind of pick it apart a little bit.
0: Uh, overall, I thought it was a fine show. I didn't get the booking of okay. some of the matches. I think that's kind of what brought it down for me a little bit. Like, you know, uh, on paper, do you really have? And, and I, I will dig into it here, but I, I just think to me, like I thought I, like said, I thought the show was really good, but the booking kind of messed it up for me a little bit. Like I'm sitting here, like like literally watching the show, talking to the owner of Rocket City. Like, really? They're they're having that guy go over? Really? That that's how we're doing this? Like really? Like uh, okay, sure. Let's go from this. We'll see where, where it goes. But knee jerk wise, I, the booking was just off for me I on about three matches. Okay, so
1: which booking the mo? What which match the booking did you not like the most?
0: FTR versus Sting and Darby.
1: Okay, what about it? That Sting went over on on the well, on the tag team.
0: Yeah, because I'm like you have arguably. I mean, you and I have sat here for five years now and said FTR is the best tag team in the world. Okay, huh. And you have the best tag team in the world lose to a guy who's 60. Um, and clean. Like, it was a clean finish. It wasn't a schoolboy. It wasn't some wacky finish. It was a clean tap out in the middle of the ring for arguably you know your, your, the top tag team in the world. That one I didn't like. I mean, if you're going to do it, like, let, let Darby get the schoolboy. Let Sting get the schoolboy. But to actually get a clean tap out in the middle of the ring, I didn't like.
1: Yeah, I uh, I could see that, and then when the pin happened uh, or the tap out, excuse me, I I kind of felt like if this was under the WWE umbrella, people would would not like Perfect. it. I yeah. I feel like FTR wanted to do the job, and that may be why I get some solace in this result.
0: Listen, FTR, like all these, like the one thing about AEW is, is everybody appears to be having fun. Like everybody seems like they love working for AEW. So I'm sure they were like, "Yeah, like because you know, since you had such a crappy end to WWE, and we're doing this show in their backyard, we'll do the job for you." But to me, in the sense of booking the show long term, I don't like that finish. But like I said, if if the wrestlers are basically booking their matches in AEW, then uh, it is what it is. But to me, that it just didn't make sense long term for FTR because they. Sting and Darby are not a tag team. They're not going to be wrestling every single week on Dynamite, going for the tag titles. FTR is, so that's why I didn't really like it for that for that
1: for that manner. The match I did not like the most, Omega Danielson booking. I, I no. as I watched the match, like going into it, I was like, I don't know. The last week or so, I've just been really shocked that they did this on free television and Danielson's first match. And I'm watching, I'm like, how the hell is this going to pan out? And I say to myself, I'm like. This could be a draw. This is going to be a thirty-minute draw because yeah. I heard the point being made by Justin uh, Roberts or Excalibur. Somebody said it like, and we have a thirty-minute time limit on this match. I'm like, oh fuck, this is this is going to be a draw, and obviously it was. I did not like it. I I thought the match was f- was fine, but I don't think it's the greatest television match I've ever seen before. I thought it, I think it received t- too much praise. Then it really, what it wasn't, what it was not. Like, there's a lot of rose-colored glasses going on with this match, and it's great, and it's fun to see them go head-to-head. But I didn't think it was, like, the greatest wrestling television match I've ever seen before, Dr. Trey. And obviously going uh, a 30-minute draw, like, that was just bad. So, I do you, are you in the same boat with me on this one? Like, I thought this match was getting overhyped a little bit too much. It was a good match, but not like the greatest wrestling television match of all time. And to it, to do it, a draw. It's like, okay, why, why are we doing this? It made no sense to me.
0: I don't hate draws as much as everybody else does. Because to me, if I look, at, and go, listen, I just got 30. I just gave you guys 30 minutes for free. If I come back at a pay-per-view and I give you a 60 minute Iron Man match, you're going to buy in based on the fact that this was a draw. There was no clear cut winner. Um, So that part I can get because you can do more with it coming out. Plus, you had the tie-in for the Rampage match, you know, post-match stuff. So I didn't hate that. But did I think it was the greatest television match I've ever seen? No, because I've seen stuff from the Clash of Champions that was technically on free TV. You know, Sting and Flair going 60 minutes. It was a better match to me. Um, You know, some of the—maybe Cena-Cesaro is right up there as well. I thought that was a great match. It did have to go 30 minutes. Uh, so those kind of stuff. like, to me, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, it was a lot of what you want your pro wrestlers to be in the match. Like the, like everything they did made sense. Um, and I didn't hate the booking. It just, to me, and then I think to me, what threw me off was it started the show. And then I'm like, well, this should be the main event. Like, this is the match everybody's wanting. So don't you want everybody... Because I mean, how many people like, and I, I don't know if we got the ratings of yet, but how many people tuned out of Dynamite after that match? Like, I'm just tuning in to see Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega once that match is done. I can go watch something else. So I'm be interested to see what the quarterly numbers are when that when that when that all comes out and see if anybody left Dynamite after that match instead of having it at the end of the show.
1: I don't know, man. I think it, that's like what they love to do, though, right? I mean, that's kind of their mo. They they AEW their blueprint has been put the most anticipated show up front.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, it's almost like, and I don't know if it's because of the EVP label, like the bucks love to open shows and it's like, Oh, well for the main event, people are going to say, it's because we're the executive vice president or if Cody's in the main event, Oh, it's because he's the executive vice president Kenny. But you know, it, to me, it kind of feels like that. Like, like let's go on first. That way. Nobody can ever accuse us of self favoritism. Um, Plus, one of the things you and I have criticized AEW is having their timing be off on their matches. So when we get to the main event, it gets squeezed short. So I guess putting it on first makes sure that you get the full thirty minutes out of it. Nobody, nobody running long is going to mess up that match. So I get it on that level, but to me, I want to build the story. I want to build my show to the most climactic point of the show. And if you look at that match and the fallout from that match leading into Rampage, that should have closed the show because now I want to see what happens on Rampage when we have the six-man tag. Does Omega and Brian Danson get involved? That makes me want to watch Rampage instead of doing it first because the last thing I see at the end of the show is Britt Baker, who I love Britt Baker, but where do you go with that stuff going into next week's show if she just tapped out ruby soho to end the show like there's no cliffhanger and you know wrestling you're supposed to have like tv shows are supposed to have cliffhangers to lead into the next show
1: i I understand what you're saying and then i i think overall um i would also say the cm punk promo this isn't gonna be popular opinion i I didn't think that hit as well as i thought it could it 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 didn't seem like it had a lot of direction to it did you feel that way
0: They don't let, they don't, listen, like for as much as we knocked knocked scripting promos, you can outline a promo and still let the guy freelance. And that's what Vince did back in during the attitude era. Hit this, hit this, whatever you want to do in the middle, keep it about five minutes. If they're not giving bullet points, then it does meander and lose track. Plus, the problem with the promo I have is I really don't give a crap about CM Punk versus Powerhouse off. I don't. So, the promo doesn't mean anything to me if I don't care about the rivalry and you know he's all like I love we love punk and his promos are sometimes like that they're sometimes all over the place and then he gets back to his centralized point to close it out um and that's kind of what I felt there I felt like he was kind of all over the place just knew how he wanted to close it like I have a great closing a great you know two or three great closing lines I just have to get to that point and it just kind of wanders around lost in the desert and then all of a sudden it finds that oasis to close it out
1: all right let's tie it up here because i think you and i've been pretty negative about this show i I said before i didn't think it made miss it missed my anticipation are you in line with that as well did you feel like it missed your anticipation for uh for what you were expecting
0: for a show overall and being on free tv i think it might have been a little bit of a letdown but it wasn't far off like Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, I, I really enjoyed that match. Uh, the Cody Black, Mal- the Co- Cody Black, Cody and Malachi Black, I thought that was a decent match. Um, you know, the stuff with, uh, FTR and Sting and Darby, I still thought was a decent match. I can, and then Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, I thought was a really, really good match. So, I, it didn't let me down completely, but it was kind of like, uh, all right. Well, that was oh, that was pretty good. Like, I guess I was expecting fantastic, and I got pretty good. If that makes sense.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Not bad there. Feel free to chime in. A W Grand Slam. Hit us up on Twitter at SRDU Podcast with your thoughts on the show. Uh, Doctor Trey, let's get to WWE Extreme Rules. It comes to us on the WWE Network on Peacock here in the United States this Sunday. Uh, We'll give our preview predictions. There are a couple of matches announced. I would expect more heading into uh, Friday Night SmackDown tomorrow night and, of course, the weekend. First match I got here is Liv Morgan taking on Carmella. I've got Liv Morgan winning this match. What say you? Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm just happy to see Liv Morgan back on TV, I guess. Uh, I'll take Liv Morgan as well because I I do adore Liv. Uh,
1: Next match is the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championship against the Street Profits. I'm going to go with the Usos.
0: Yeah, I don't think you mess up the bloodline stuff yet, so I'll take the Usos. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the Street Profits win, but I'll take the Usos right now because I think they got a good thing going with the old bloodline angle. Uh,
1: next match for the Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte defends against Alexa Bliss. I've picked Alexa Bliss a couple times. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss to win the Raw Women's Championship on Sunday.
0: Uh, I think I'm going to take Charlotte just because I don't think Alexa has another challenger in the heel, that's a heel yet. So I think I'll take Charlotte right now. All
1: right. So so far, let's just recap here. Dr. Trey is taking Charlotte Flair. You are taking the Usos against the Street Profits, and you have Liv Morgan as well, right? Yes. All right. So we're, uh, we're
0: only different on one so far. So
1: far just one. Next match here for the United States Championship. This will be an interesting to see where we go here. Damien Priest defends against Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. I'm going to go with Damian Priest to retain Dr. Trey.
0: Yeah, I am too. This almost feels like they just threw Jeff Hardy a bone, and we've already seen Damian Priest and Sheamus go at it for a little bit, so I'll take Damian Priest as well.
1: Uh, Next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch defends against Bianca Belair. I'm going to go with Becky Lynch because I feel like Bianca Belair is going to get moved to Raw, Dr. Trey.
0: Yeah, I'm taking Becky as well. Plus, I mean, this whole new Becky character is a heel. They kind of got to let it build up a little bit, so... I'll take it back. What's going to be interesting to see is who moves the SmackDown and what do you do with Sasha and Bailey when they come back.
1: It's part of the reason why I think the Street Profits also lose to the Usos on Sunday. And then finally, uh, what we have down here for our main event, Roman Reigns defends the WWE Universal Championship against the Demon Finn Balor. I had trouble for this one with this one, Dr. Trey. I I wasn't sure where to go with it. However, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns to retain and still be our Universal Champion.
0: Yeah, this is hard for me too because the demon has never lost in rest in WWE.
1: NXT. I thought he lost. I, you know, I was going to say that. I hate to cut you off. I think he lost to Samoa Joe.
0: I don't think the demon lost. I think Finn Balor lost to Joe. but I don't think the demon did.
1: I may be wrong. Okay, okay.
0: So um, I was
1: thinking about that
0: before. I mean that that may be some research we have to do at some point, but. I'm taking Roman. Look, at, I think Roman's next challenger after draft is going to be Drew McIntyre. So I'm gonna take Roman to retain. So we get Roman versus Drew. Plus, Roman's got a match with Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. So uh, you've got to have that belt around because WWE likes doing big matches with belts. So I'll take I'll take Roman to retain.
1: All right, so there you go, Roman Reigns. So Doctor Trey, we only have one difference here on uh, on our sh- on our rundown so far. And that is the Charlotte Flair-Alexa Bliss match. So that will uh, dictate right now uh, who is the leader in the clubhouse for the pay-per-view prediction reckon. So we'll have to recap and review that all on next week's edition of the Still Real to Us show. Uh, with that said, Dr. Trey, let's uh, wrap it all up here. Let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com. Russell Chatnet on Twitter and the Star Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us find the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week?
0: Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search out Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rockus Championship Wrestling. Uh, we just had a show last Saturday. You can get various pictures and videos from all that. Check out Mayhem Championship Wrestling. As I think our new TV episode should be dropping first of next week, so I'll get those posted up to our page as well. But so Jeff, I tried to quit wrestling and they pulled me back in. So
1: wait, well What happened?
0: I, I was a little frustrated with uh, with our with our last Rocket City show. drove two hours for about uh, a minute and a half of um, me actually doing stuff, uh, and so I was a little frustrated. But we worked everything out. Uh, it was just one of those things where, like, if you're not going to use me, I don't need to come all the way up here. Uh, but then I got told the next show I'll be in it. All throughout the entire night because I have to handle GM duties and ring announcing duties. So apparently, I've transitioned from being a manager to where now I'm basically ring announcing, commentating, and doing GM stuff. I didn't even realize I had transit. So, so yeah, that,
1: I, that's difficult when you mean, don't know, yeah. right?
0: I identify now as Justin Roberts, I guess. So who knows.
1: Huh. That's interesting. We'll have to hear. Yeah. Hmm. The future of Dr. Train Professional Wrestling. He is. A movable Justin Roberts, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm either Justin Roberts or... Uh, do you even have general manager in wrestling anymore? Just William uh, Regal?
1: Just William Regal, right? Yeah.
0: I guess Adam Pierce kind of is a general manager. So, but maybe... I'd I'm like... I'm, yeah, that's it. I look like Adam Pierce, is fatter and more bearded.
1: There you go. There you yeah. go, folks. Dr. <laughs> Trey, always bringing it back to that. On this week's edition of the show. Uh, thank you for making this part of your week. Come back here on next week's show, the last show in the month of September, as we recap and review everything from Extreme Rules and, of course, everything going on in the world of professional wrestling. Excited time, as always, in wrestling right now with AW NXT 2.0, WWE, WWE Draft coming up, and a whole lot more. So it'll be a fun weekend ahead, Extreme Rules. Keep enjoying professional wrestling. Spread the word about the Still Real Talk show. And until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. We're just two guys that at this point in our lives, we always say, man, time short short flies by. Just completely goes by, flies by every single time. And that's when you know you're getting old. Uh, because we open up the show talking about how life is just passing us by. That's what our parents used to do. So, until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, who tried to retire from wrestling, I'm Jeff Peck, who hasn't retired or even started in wrestling. This is the Star of the show
0: I spend some chips to get you kill my chris gonna make you free don't hate they don't really tussle if i can't get that thing in then I'm in the go club it. ever since my bro got killed, i can't trust, i can't trust nothing can't even trust my chris cuz of he hustle now south slangin' rollin' with these hustles. try to get rid of all you haters and you busts down south slangin' rollin' with these hustles. trying to get rid of all you haters and you busts now south slangin' rollin' with these hustles. try to get rid of all you if you run a business Bank of Clark County has you covered offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking streamlined digital banking and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're gonna give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. The party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock.